0: you need to make things happen in your business. You need to make things happen in your home. You need to make things happen in your life. Have you heard that before? Success is you going all in and making things happen. But what if there were another way? What if we'd eliminate the overwhelm if we let up on control and choose to shift our focus on connecting with God, our family, and the process more than forcing things to manifest? What if we shifted our perspective that success isn't the end result, but it's actually a part of the process? Today, we're diving into why you shouldn't just try to make things happen and what the greater purpose is in what you do in your home and in your business. To help me out with this, I have my friend Natalie here to share a piece of her story and some wisdom she's gleaned over the years as she's built a successful online business. Natalie Burns is a wife and mother to three in British Columbia, Canada. She has had a go-getter mindset since she was a little girl, especially when it comes to pursuing God's will. Previously, as a high school biology, health sciences, and dance teacher, she saw the need for personalized learning and decided to homeschool her own children. This is where she saw firsthand how homeschooling families were pushing to make learning happen, which was leading to fighting and overwhelm. Because of her background, she knew exactly what these families needed, so she stepped out to show how to eliminate overwhelm for good. She created Homeschool Teaching Simplified to support homeschooling moms to create connection with their children through teaching and learning so they can have freedom to reflect on who they are as a family in their homeschool. We even touch a bit on owning an online business while homeschooling, so you're not going to want to miss this. Yes, you can homeschool and operate an online business. We'll help you see how. Let's dive in with Natalie. Hey, friend. Welcome to Pursuing Goals God's Way. Have you thought about finally starting that business now that your kids are older? Do you ever stay awake wondering how to mesh your passions into purposeful work? Do you have big, ambitious goals, but feel overwhelmed or even unqualified to pursue them? Hey, I'm Gabe. Not too long ago, I longed for the confidence to start an online business. I just wanted to make a difference outside my home bubble using my gifts, but I kept telling myself that I wasn't good enough. I didn't know enough and I didn't have enough time until I realized something huge. My kids need me to be their example and they need to see me win and yours do too. In this podcast, you will learn how to clarify your goals, plan with purpose, and ditch your distractions. If you're ready to make an impact and an income, all for the glory of God, then you're in the right place. As an avid runner, I believe life is one massive marathon. It's up to you to run your own race and to finish it well. So lace up those running shoes, pop in your earbuds, and let's do this thing. Hey, Natalie, thanks so much for hanging out with me on Pursuing Goals God's Way. I'm so excited to have you On the show for everyone to get to meet you. Well, thank you for having me, Gabe. I'm so happy to be here. Absolutely. Now, I shared your professional background, but one of the ways I like to get started is to have my guests share something unique about you that maybe others might not know. So what is that for you?
1: Oh, well, I don't think anybody knows this. And that is that you were my personal coach for my business coaching recently and now we get to work together alongside one another.
0: Yes and I love that. I love that because and what one thing that's cool about that experience is I know how you became a part of uh, the Gillian Perkins organization and a success coach in there. Um, I've, all my listeners know that I success coach inside Startup Society and her entrepreneurship memberships. But uh, it started with us coaching. And then also you did a case study. So we we did a little case study interview. I created a video and Gillian was like, I think we need our audience to team. And I was like, yes, because behind the scenes, you may not have known this, but I was kind of pushing like, we need another Coach in here, so I don't burn out. We need another. And I had you on my foresight for like the whole time. So it was really cool how it all came together. And now we get to work together and collaborate and network. And it's so fun. All right. Well, I'm excited to dive into what we're talking about. And we're talking about making things happen. And it's so funny because we were just talking before the show. And today was a crazy day for me. And I was like, I went here and here and here. And I had like this many live events. And and you were like, yes, talk about making things happen. Right. And so I think it's perfect timing for us to have this conversation because I have to be reminded about this all the time too, like making things happen, but also creating the space to do that and to be able to do it around our families and all the things, all the roles that we have so that we can be present in each area of our life. And so I feel like as moms, we really fulfill so many different roles. And at the same time, we do crave being used by God to make an impact that's in the greater community or to be an example for our kids. I talk about that a lot. And I feel like you're a perfect person to talk to you about this because you're a go-getter. Just like me, you're an achiever in everything that you do, and you really understand the feelings around doing whatever we need to do in order for our goals to happen. But sometimes that does come with sacrificing our health or our family or our relationships. And I know as you were starting your business venture, you had a shift in perspective. And it helped with the overwhelm you were feeling as you were trying to make things happen. So can you tell us a little about this and what changes you made to be more effective?
1: Yes, I would love to share because it is really important to make things happen in some respects. Like we need to get out to certain appointments or have certain things done off of our to-do list in a day. And in that sense, pulling up the bootstraps and getting it done and making that happen is really important. But when it starts to become harmful is when we try to make something happen that isn't actually our role to make happen. And I learned this lesson in kind of a hard and complicated way. So I'll share that with you real quick. Uh, You may not know this about me, but I actually, when I was 25 years old, I had heart failure and was diagnosed with lupus at that time and when i asked the doctor what would this mean for starting a family he said well these drugs will only make you sort of infertile i thought what like that's not going to work for me so i set out to make it happen make healing happen and i really needed my body to come into alignment so i found a great well-rounded team. And we set out to make changes and we did a great job. I was off of forever heart medications within like nine months. And we had our first child, Brooklyn, and then our second child, Caleb. And then just a few weeks after he was born, I was rear-ended in a car accident, blew up like the blueberry girl in Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, And that was when we found that I actually was dealing with the chronic infection of Lyme disease. So that was just another big thing. And I thought, you know what? I can do this. I can make this happen. We can bring my body into alignment. And I worked really, really hard for a solid year and got my brain to a space where I could think clearly again and combined with a deliverance event. Praise God, I've been uh, symptom-free from lupus and Lyme disease since 2018 now.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah, so that was really great, and we decided that we'd have another child, so then we had Emmett, and we moved out to start a homestead, and we were working so hard, and things went downhill really fast, and by the time Emmett was two... He was so sick. We were exhausted. We just thought we were working so hard. So no wonder. But we ended up taking him into Children's Hospital. And that's when we found that he had a brain tumor. And so I looked at my life and I thought, okay, well, we were able to make healing happen in my life. We're going to apply this to Emmett. Here we go. Like, let's get going. And I I did have the encouragement that in that moment when uh, when the doctor told me about that, That I felt God speak to my heart that this was going to be for his glory and that this wasn't going to be a forever thing. And I felt really encouraged that this was the path to take to pursue healing for Emmett on this earth. And so we did everything that we could again, put together a well rounded team for him. And we saw big changes happening. We saw the tumor reduce by 33%. I don't know if you remember that, Gabe. Mm-hmm. And that was when I think we first met. And that was so exciting. But then he took a turn for the worst. And over this last winter, we were really scared. And I was not sure if he was even going to make it. And that was when God spoke to my heart through some really wise counsel that healing does not happen from without. Healing happens from within. And it wasn't my job to do healing to Emmett or to do healing for Emmett, but that Emmett needed to connect personally with God in that the one who calls himself Jehovah Rapha, I'm the Lord who heals you. And so here I am, I get to support him. I get to uh, coordinate all of these appointments and things and help him, though it's not my role to actually make that happen. And I realized then that I was still holding on to control, even though it was only a little thread of control at that point, I was still holding on to control. And that was a big, big sanctification moment for me. Then I looked at my other children. And they're homeschooled, and I was thinking, well, I'm also, I'm doing the learning to my children in some aspects, and I'm also doing the learning for them in other ways. And that really shaped my personal business message. So my business is uh, supporting homeschooling moms to create connection with their children through the way that they teach so that they can reflect who they are as a family. and one of the big things that I have found is that so many families are overwhelmed because they're trying to make learning happen for their children. And it was only because of this personal event with healing that I really realized that and how many different places that it applies. And yeah, so I realized about our personal roles and then the role that we have in our children's lives and how we facilitate them and help them To connect with these growth processes for themselves.
0: Mm, I love that. And that's actually near and dear to my heart because one of the things that I want for my kids, I'll keep saying, I care about their heart. Like, I really care about their heart. I don't care about their accomplishments. I don't care about the grade on their test. I don't care about getting through this book, but I care about their heart. But I also care about having deep connection, like, really being able to help them to become strong adults with good character. And I think a lot of that doesn't come in the textbook. I think it comes with us having good conversation and really connecting. And I think that's one of the reasons why I feel so uh, drawn to you is because of that messaging, because it's not like you're teaching me how to teach. You're not teaching me what to teach. It's like you're helping me understand how to connect with them and that's that's what I draw into and so I love that that was something that you learned in that process of your story holy cow so many um we'll call it uh trial you know trials and I call it like in my first book or my second book is called victory run so turning uh trials into triumphs and that's what you've had like lots of different victory runs but um a lot that you probably have had to process through and figure out and that overwhelm really is real um and so what I'd love to hear too about this is I'm sure when you started, um, you know, or before all these medical trials and different things happened, maybe you thought success was a certain thing. I want to know maybe what you thought then, and then what does it look like for you today? Is it different now than what it was before?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, I was looking up the definition of success not long ago, and the Oxford Dictionary Uh, defines it as having achieved something that you want or have been trying to do or get. And I was thinking about this and it really hit home to me. No wonder so many of us moms are overwhelmed because we're trying to get what we want. We're trying to get this outcome-based mindset, right? We're, We're focusing on the outcome And there are some things that are outcome-based, like you see mud on your floor, you wash it, and then you see it's clean. Oh, I got the outcome. But there are other aspects of life that don't have a set outcome, like learning, for example. There is no end point to learning. We are lifelong learners. So what does success look like with something like that? Or what about success for something that really requires a shift in your perspective. Like maybe understanding healing, you don't necessarily know what that end point will exactly look like, but you can still see healing along the way if we change our way of looking at it or our way of understanding to align more with God's perspective on what healing is. So what I've come to understand is, Yes there is an aspect of success being in the outcome but success is also in the process. And so every day that you put one foot in front of the other and you move towards that that end goal that is part of being successful. And um it really requires flexibility. It requires a lot of shifts and it requires moments where it may feel like failure when really it is part of the successful process, because we may need to give up on little pieces or little goals along the way to hit that big end goal. But if we make changes in our lives, that may require changes in our decision making in order to keep moving to that far end. Hmm. So now I look at it with setting intention for what we're going for, And moving towards that and, and being open to what that looks like in the process.
0: Mm, So good. The flexibility. I remember it's a, it's not really a proverb in the Bible, but a proverb is um, blessed are the flexible for they'll never be bent out of shape. And I just love that. I kind of remember that when I'm going here and there and everywhere or feeling that overwhelm, it's like sometimes that flexibility really matters. And we need to be willing to maybe take the path to the right when we thought we were supposed to go left or whatnot, and just really trust that process and know that that process is a part of the journey. Um, And it's almost the refinement process, right? And I talk about refinement a lot, like the refiner's fire. We sometimes have to step into it and it's painful or it's different than what we planned but it's helping us to really be refined, to shave off those layers and to really get us ready for the next step and the next spot we're supposed to move. Um, And so that that shift in perspective says essentially like, it doesn't have to go exactly as planned. That's how I was. I was a very control freak too. It was like, it's A and then B and then C. And if I have to skip D, I'm going to be Bent out of shape, right? It's this is it's linear, right? But it's not always linear, and so that shift in perspective matters a Mm -hmm. lot. And um, you know, one thing I'm thinking about is: Did you? Has there been a time where you felt kind of the comparison game or anything where you see success like this, but then you see others? Maybe walking, it looks like their walk is a little bit easier or their path is a little bit easier. And did you get caught up in that at all? Did it, did it feed the overwhelm or what was that like for you?
1: Oh, that's a really interesting thought. Um, I have not personally really struggled with comparison the same way, but I have had questions about why is this so different? For different people. And especially when it comes to this topic of healing, I look at these different examples in the Bible and some people who were healed immediately and miraculously. Some people who were healed and it seemed like it followed like natural laws and like human and um, environmental kind of order of things. And then somewhere it took a really long time. And And I have, instead of trying to find the answers necessarily to that, I'm trying to understand how I can align and shift my perspective to understand things the way God sees them. Because it's not just necessarily a one answer kind of approach. And we see this with learning too that sometimes. There is no right answer. And sometimes, even when there is a right answer, there's more than one way to get to that right answer. And I think it comes down to deep down, it comes down to judgment and this concept that we have between right and wrong. And when we get into comparison, it's because. Maybe there's a little bit of a victim mentality there that we were wronged in some way and that we need to make it right. We need to make it happen to make things right. Or this is what God's will is and I know that so I need to make this come into my circumstances. And we view the Bible in light of our circumstances rather than viewing our circumstances in light of the Bible. and. I think that as we understand spiritually a little bit deeper and understand God as a just judge, we can then let go of the need to define right and wrong, and we start to see a little bit more of a grayscale. Now I'm I'm still saying that in the Bible, we have clearly laid out uh definitions of what God has commanded for us and what sin is. I'm talking more along the lines of say making something happen that we think should happen because our idea is that it's right. Um, Especially when it comes to children and our relationship with them and thinking, well, it's right for Emma to be healed. So I'm going to make that happen. And this is the timing that I believe that it's supposed to follow. (laughs) Or this is the time that my child needs to go to bed and that's the right thing to do. So I'm going to enforce that to happen rather than having their personal independence and autonomy and allowing them to flourish. We think that what we view is what we need to pass on to other people or project onto other people and that they need to come into alignment with us. And so thankfully, I didn't have the comparison thing, but I definitely had to overcome the judgment part, which is very close, closely related. And um, yeah, the more we understand ourselves and understand how we can shift our perspective with God's perspective, those things start to fall away. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And I love going in this direction, talking about the spiritual side of shifting your perspective. Um, What are some of the lessons? Are there any other lessons that you've learned um, spiritually with this shift?
1: Yeah. When I realized that I was trying to make healing happen and that I was trying to make learning happen, I realized that I was trying to take away pain from my children. And I mean, this can happen with our children. It can happen with other relationships as well. And I was reminded of a couple of verses. One was Psalm fifty-five, twenty-two, where it talks about giving your burdens to God. But then in Galatians 6, 2, it says, bear one another's burdens. And I wrestled with that for a little bit. And I thought, what is going on here? If we bear one another's burdens, then we're not giving them to God. So what are we supposed to do with this? And so I prayed about it. And I decided to do a big word study on these. And I was looking at... Galatians 6, and when it talks about bearing one another's burdens, that word is actually to lift up. So I look at it as lifting up others in prayer. And when we see somebody else going through a really hard time, like for example, healing, that's a big, uh, that's a big event in somebody's life or learning. Learning is a very difficult Process. It's very challenging and it's so tempting to want to take that pain away and to take the challenge away so that they can have an easier life. And I realized that that is a unique moment that nobody else sees. As a mom, we get to see this in our children that nobody else has access to. So we have the special privilege of praying for them in a way that nobody else can And so I see that as the way that we lift them up. And when we try to take on the burden for them, we're actually now robbing them from giving their burden to God. So if they give us their burden, they now are inhibited from having their own personal relationship with God to give their burden to. And so that was a very humbling realization. It's a very bold thing to say, I know, and it can be a real challenge, Uh, though I think that it's a worthy challenge for us to allow our children that independence and autonomy to have their own personal connection with giving their burdens to God while we are in that supportive role.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's so interesting because as I'm thinking about it in my own life too, I would love to just... Do everything for my kids and n- make them not hurt and have pain or go through struggle or fail. But then I look at it and go, if I do that for them, then when they grow older, they won't know how to do it themselves or how to rely on God and to lift their burdens to Him. And it's a hard process because we're watching our kids have those moments, right? But at the same time, I heard a mentor once say, I would rather them make mistakes under my own roof than make them later. And I, had a, I thought about that and went, that's so true. Like, that, what are we doing? We're preparing them. We're training them for life. And how we do that is how we're going to help build that character. And what kind of a character do we want them to have? And then we have to, like, what? Let go a little bit. Which is really hard because we want to hold them so loosely or so tightly. But God doesn't say they're they're ultimately His, and He says you have to hold them loosely. There, I will take care of them. It's okay, trust me. And I think that's the whole, a little bit going back to the control, like oh, mm-hmm. but I want to have control. This is why I tell kids, my kids, don't go to the edge of the cliff. I don't want you to fall off, <laughs> Mom. I know, I know, but I'm not in control of your body. I can't make you not fall off, right? And so. <laughs> I just think about that. I don't know.
1: It's interesting. It can, it can be really hard to watch them stumble through things and go through that really messy and kind of like a bull
0: in a china shop sometimes. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> but what I think is cool too is when they decide, because they have choices to make too. They can fall down and stay down or they can pick themselves up and learn from what they did, right? Or from what happened. And I love watching that in my kids. Like when I see them actually have that light bulb go off or that moment, or they've just grown a little bit closer to God or whatever it is. It's just like, it makes my heart happy going, wow, they did that or God did that. It wasn't anything to do with me.
1: Well, you modeled it for them. Mm -hmm. They pick up so much from us and we may not even realize sometimes that they pick up these character traits for perseverance or tenacity, and so that's a that's a huge privilege.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. So so good, so good. Um, now I know I I could talk about this all day long, but I do want to have some uh, kind of actionable steps for listeners. So how does my listener? start making this perspective shift in her own life. Can you give me a practical step or two for her to get going with this?
1: Yeah, the thing that made the biggest difference in my life was resting a little bit more, having more quiet time with God and making that a little bit more intentional. So really taking time to meditate. So I found the most helpful time was first thing in the morning because when I could align my heart, my thoughts with God's heart and to really understand the way that He would view the day, that He would hear things coming through and see things and process things. That allows me to set the tone in the home. And so that would be my encouragement is to really take that time, that alone time with God, because it's not about trying to make things happen through the day. It's about aligning ourselves and understanding who we are so that that can come forth throughout the day. So when we really know ourselves and who we were created to be, we can start to see in what ways are we kind of blocked from deeper connection with God And so, for example, if maybe we identify something like, oh, I'm trying to make all this happen in my life, is that really the root of it? No, the root was the judgment aspect that I was dealing with. So really digging into that judgment and in what ways was I kind of growing up in a situation where I was led to understand that was the way to view the world. And now how can I align with the way that God has instructed me to interact with others and interact with the world? Uh, so meditating on that, journaling that uh, there, you could take some time in and free, write. If I change just one thing, dot, 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 and see where that takes you. And then to see where this, you know this taking stock taking inventory leads with your relationships so we talked a lot about children and relationships with children or others and in what ways are we are we perhaps maybe micromanaging areas that we don't need to be so considering in what ways that our role is sort of leaking into their lives and where we can pull back and allow them to have that autonomy to grow in those inner sort of uh, sanctifying ways thinking and understanding the world and interacting with the world. And then in what ways we can support them and make things like appointments happen for them or help them get to school and get out the door and things like that. Um, So I think understanding what sort of false belief systems block us from really shining forth is the key because as soon as you can identify those, then you can start to chip those away and then you can really shine forth who you are in your inner sense of being to the world. and find healing, like emotional and spiritual healing in those ways. Now I told you that in 2018 I had complete physical healing and deliverance. And then over this past year or two it has been incredible in terms of emotional and spiritual healing. And I know that I'm not more loved than anybody else. And so if this is for me, then this is for you too. And so uh, it's not about making it happen. It's really about allowing this to happen.
0: Mm, What a great call to action um, to end this on. It's about allowing this to happen, not making it happen. It's not about forcing it. It's about just trusting and being and listening and following what is the next right step. So I know this question kind of comes out of left field, but, um, you know, my podcast is all about making an impact and an income. So a lot about like starting an online business or a ministry or, or whatever it is, the calling on our hearts. And I know. A lot of my, most of my listeners are moms. And so some of them do homeschool and, or like me, I've always worked alongside homeschooling. And I know a lot of people are like, I don't know how you do that. I could never homeschool. like, it's so, you gotta, you gotta throw traditional schooling out of the window in order to understand what homeschool means. But um, I know you also homeschool alongside running an online business. So I would love to hear kind of What your thoughts are on that, and how it's worked for you? Like, is it? it, Can we do both and still have that space with, you know, um, like we were talking about not having the overwhelm and whatnot? Can we have that space and be able to do both?
1: Yeah, the thing that allowed me (laughs) to do both because I tried to make it happen at first, and trying to make that happen did not happen. (laughs) Because um, one to allow margin in your life to we talked about before creating white space, creating rest time. So giving yourself margin because, you know, maybe everybody will be sick for a day. Maybe everybody will be sick for a week. What what do you do then? You can't have everything meticulously mapped out. It, you have to have that room for flexibility. So beginning with the end in mind and then keeping a flexible roadmap in the middle is uh, the, it's the only way <laughs> that I've seen work To do this, uh, and not having expectations for how it has to happen or how it should happen, um, because shame is not helpful in this case. And expectations often lead to disappointment. So instead, to kind of spin that to that anticipation of what can be done and what uh, intentions are for the day, the year. Uh, the entire educational development of our children and really being open to what the timing looks like, how that shifts, how that changes. And yeah, it's, it's a balance between being organized enough that it uh, is something that actually gets done. And then also going with the flow for the incredible amount of changes and shifts along the way. Because as we change and shift personally, then what we do needs to shift. So we you talked about earlier, A, then B, then C. Well, what if after A, now you see B differently? What if you need to go around in a different way and go straight to C? So being open to that and being open to what the timing looks like when you um, fit things in. For a little while, I was concerned that I wasn't consistently doing things little bit at a time because I have a little bit of a Costco mindset (laughs) where I like to do things in big chunks at a time. So I'll work on one aspect and then I'll put that away for a while and then I'll do the next big chunk. And that actually works really well for me. So I tried to change what I like and I just want to teach how I want. So I am all for empowering other moms to teach how they want, what works for you, what works for your family, find in what way you can come in harmony with each other and do that because as soon as you try to put expectation of what you should be doing, it's not going to work.
0: Oh yeah, I totally, I have been there. I've been like, okay, we're going to be the traditional homeschool family, whatever that is. Um, And we're going to do it this way and it's going to be rigid and we're going to have a schedule. Yeah that doesn't work for us either. And so I've had to learn that along the way and we've made a lot of changes that way. But what I also love is um, because you're teaching, teach how you want, but also that deep connection. And even if your kids are not homeschooled and they're in traditional school, you are still their main teacher you are still building that connection. And it's all about like, how do I ask these questions to get deeper and all that? And I know that's that's what you do. And so even if someone isn't homeschooling, but they, they feel that draw, like I need that connection. I need that community. Um, I feel like they can learn from you, Natalie. And so I know you do have a free workshop for moms to attend. Can you tell me a little bit about it and then where to find it?
1: Yes, I would love to have you join us at the free workshop. It is called Three Secrets to Revamp Your Homeschool Approach and Unlock Deeper Connection with Your Child.
0: I love it. Very good. And um, tell us a little bit about where how listeners can connect with you because I'm sure they are going to want to after our conversation.
1: Yes, well, you can find me over at... HomeschoolteachingSimplified.com. And if you'd like the link for the free workshop, that's at homeschoolteachingSimplified.com slash free workshop. And you can also find me on YouTube. I give uh, weekly videos on YouTube, and you can use those for homeschool support or for after school homework help, as well as a little bit more of background on Instagram. Again, at homeschoolteachingSimplified.
0: Perfect. Well, Natalie, this was such a fun conversation. I could talk to you all day long. We might have to have another conversation later on, but thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you for having me, Gabe. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had a great time and I hope you did too. Before we go though, make sure you follow the podcast on your favorite listening platform. If you haven't already, if you resonate with this episode, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or share it with a friend as this helps grow the podcast. Also, if you're not a part of Simplicity and Motherhood, consider joining us. It's a free online community built to provide support and encouragement so you can create balance and live intentionally as you go after your biggest goals, God's way. Head on over to redhotmindset.com for more resources and to find the link to join the community. In all things I pray, you just run your race. I believe in you.